0: All right, let's lace him up. All right, Evan, I got a story for you. So, intramural league started for me. Uh, for those who don't know, I, uh, I'm i in the military. I uh, play on a base league. So, intramural league started on Monday. Played my first game on Monday. And Evan's not going to believe me, but I was lacing the ball from three. <laughs> lacing from three. Noah's Why? a
1: bad shooter. Noah's a very – well, currently, he's a bad shooter. He's kind of um, rusty.
0: Evan, I'm telling you, I was – it, my teammates were telling me, like, dude, you're shooting today. You're, sh- you're were shooting they, the ball were today. They like,
1: when, were they, like, closing out? Shooter! Dude, that <laughs> no, feels no, so, so good. No, I
0: prefix and in warm-ups. I was lacing the ball in warm-ups. And, okay. And Bailey's not here today. Uh, Hart goes out to Bailey. He's out in Reno. Uh, he he was driving around. He already got one ticket. He's on. He's probably going to be on his way back uh, here soon. But, Shout out to
1: Bailey. That being said, he's probably going to hit the over on that ticket. We don't – or, sorry, he's got a ticket. So he's been pulled over once. he got a ticket. He doesn't want to get pulled over a second time because if he gets a second ticket, his license could get suspended. So, that being said, we're hoping that the under's going to hit just for, like, sake of my friend not getting his license suspended. But that being said, he's got a full 22-hour drive back. He's definitely getting pulled over a second time. I,
0: I definitely think he's getting pulled over. But anyway, Bailey wasn't here to uh, to witness it either. But in, in practice, I was lacing the ball, bro. And... Uh, my teammates were telling my teammates know I'm not that good of a shooter either and my teammates were telling me like No way you're shooting today so I was like okay bet we, we start the game first shot off the rail <laughs> bro I was feeling it first shot off the rail it was like it was probably the second shot of the game I was coming down and I knew the ball was coming to me I was already wiping my hands off I was like I'm getting ready to shoot this ball and it was money I was like alright bet it's going to be that type of day Evan, guess how many points I had in that game?
1: 16.
0: <laughs> no. No. Uh, okay, be realistic 24. I had 4 points.
1: <laughs> Did you actually?
0: I made <laughs> I made the 1 point or the 1 three point shot at the beginning of the game? I made one free throw at the end of the game. <laughs> no way. You just gave me this whole hype story. You, it was so bad, points. bro. I'm telling you, all all throughout practice, uh, the beginning of the game, like I was feeling like I was about to go off. The, I thought I was dropping 30 that game. I really did. And the next shot off the rail, I airballed it.
1: I, I will say this, and I have a very similar story to relate because i too am playing it basketball at my college um having good warm-ups is detrimental to playing a good game
0: <laughs> that's what i was that's exactly what's gonna say is that is the worst feeling is thinking that you're so on before the game started and especially starting off the game one for one from where you're not good that is the worst feeling because as soon as you start missing,
1: false confidence
0: just and your team comes is like away. your team also they they don't relent they're like nah bro keep shooting right we saw you warm up right we, we saw you warm right. up right we know you could shoot it keep shooting you just keep throwing first, that ball right up. first
1: miss like oh no big deal I'm chilling like and then you and then you're suddenly you're like one for four and you're like. I don't want to shoot the ball anymore.
0: <laughs> mind you, mind you, I, I decided to invite homegirl to this game. No. <laughs> no. She, she saw me make the first shot. I looked over at the stand. She was cheesing. It was great. No, <laughs> That's no for made, you, that No made shots until like five minutes left in the game. You, and mind what? you, I get to the free throw line. It, it was a pretty good like look. I should have made the shot, but I got three free throws. So that makes it even worse I missed two of them I got three free throws
1: Was it like game on the line type free throws or no? No
0: we were up by like 12 Okay But uh, Three free throws And she records all three of them Uh, I missed the first (laughs) I missed the first two you and can't post that. That's what I was saying. She, <laughs> she told me after I was like, "You got to delete those videos." Maybe well, she made two. The, made last two one, the last one rattled in. You can't even post it. Oh no, no, it wasn't that's, even a, n- that's nasty. It, it wasn't even a clean shot. That's you nasty. Delete those from your phone. <laughs> 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 I can't. Yeah, my
1: boyfriend plays basketball. Oh, you got a video? Be- oh yeah, you I got do.
0: <laughs> Clank, clank, <laughs> rattle. <laughs> I was like, "You." My first question as as soon as she told me she got my free throws was, "Did you get the three pointer?" <laughs> Your only other basket in the game. Literally (laughs) the only other make I had in the game. Now, let me ask you a
1: question. Some some detailed questions here. How many shots did you take?
0: I probably took like... I want to say I took like... Probably like nine. I probably (sighs) took like nine, ten shots. Were
1: they all jumpers?
0: I think one of them... No, two of them were layups. But they were like heavily contested Mm -hmm. layups. I was surprised I didn't get fouls on either one of them. That happens. And then all the rest of them... I think... One of them was a mid-range, and like se- six or seven of them were three-point shots. Were they, like open three-point shots. Open three. Those not, are the worst. Not contested. Those are the worst. Like I mean, there might have been someone like nearby, but like not enough. You know like... when it's like contested right. and then it's open. Like and they in, were in in rhythm type shots. Yeah, they were open mm. shots. Were they I, good misses? Like were you hitting rim? Or yeah, rim? yeah, I was hitting. Rim. Okay, okay. But still, the fact that I didn't make another one for the rest of the game is foul. Okay. Is yeah, awful. That's...
1: That's rough. And then
0: on top of it, the next game. So on Thursday, we had another game. And my team learned from game before. And they were like, all right. I, like Holster. We get it like sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off. Like We'll give you a couple. <laughs> That's but, crazy. Like, we're, we're not doing you like we did last game. That's crazy. And last game. I'd
1: retire if my teammates that to <laughs> my face. I'd retire.
0: Bro, last game, I first shot off the rails was an air ball. I, I was out the game like five minutes after the game <sighs> it was it was real bad your uh, I first
1: felt. i if i'm you i'm not taking a three as my first shot i don't care i'd so, I, even if it's so open
0: w- once again warm-ups i i was feeling good about my shot and uh i think once i got back in the game i took a couple layups but first shot off the rails was a three-point shot and i airballed that bad boy i i called it in the air as soon as i shot i was like it's short I would never take a 3 as my first shot attempt
1: even if I'm wide open. I'm take I'm stepping in for a 2 or I'm I'm going to go take a contested layup. I'm not my first there's too much adrenaline pumping in my body for me to put a 3 pointer up as my first shot. It's you, just I don't settle for it.
0: You know, now now that you say that, I think that uh from from here on out, I probably won't be taking three point shots as my first shot. Maybe <laughs> if I feel like in rhythm after I take like a couple in game, get my get my blood or my uh my heart to stop pumping a little bit but man yeah you gotta
1: calm down a little bit i always
0: but my first game i'm telling you i i knew it was going in before before i went in like i shot it came off came off the hand perfect i was like i was turning around before i went in it was it was amazing and i was like oh it's this is my game this is my game
1: i i got it was not my game i got a story about my intramurals um at my school so to play in intramurals you have to be in like a frat or sorority um we call them like social clubs on campus because it's a christian campus but they're all frats and sororities so i'm in kappa sigma tau shout out to the kappa sigma tau um and they are one of the two like best men's teams and they have like a b c and d league for like levels of skill so like the a league guys are like i've got two guys on my team who used to play college ball and now they're just now they're just hooping. They're just doing college. Um, and then you know, like like Kai is the other really good team. They've got like a six eight guy Levi. Um, so like you know, really competitive basketball. Like you know, four year starters for varsity type deal. Like these guys know what they're doing. Like high 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 quality basketball in the A league. Couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my freshman year, I played really well. I I won the B league my freshman year because I didn't go to tryouts. So they threw me in the B league. And I smoked everybody. And that was how, like, they were like, oh, Evan's going a basketball. You know, he was giving 25 points a game out to every other team. And given you average, like, each team averaged, like, 45 points. So 25 is quite a significant amount when you have, you know, six, seven, other eight guys in your team. So sophomore year, I was coming off knee surgery. I didn't get to play. I reffed. And a lot of people were talking junk to me. Like, a lot of people were just talking smack. Now, you know me. I can talk i'll talk till i die anyone listening to this knows i talk smack so you know i wasn't taking that i was like you're a bum so all last year you're a bum you're a bum just wait till i'm on the court and now kappa's like waiting for evan to come back man so like i'd, I'd play pickup with them every every now and then but you know I, I couldn't really get off the ground I wasn't athletic i didn't have my jump shot down because i couldn't get i couldn't you know jump to shoot so i wasn't doing too much so took the semester off in the fall come back in the spring and like okay evan you're gonna play a league this year i was like oh yeah dude first time playing pickup like or, like a practice pickup if you will um a bunch of a league guys got together bro i lit everyone up like hitting shots i should not have been hitting like contested st- side steps contested step backs just like ill-advised shots that i was hitting everyone was talking about me on campus like yo evan's him evan's gonna be the best point the murals. my coach catches wind of this pulls me aside at practice you're not playing intramurals evan you're not playing basketball i don't care and i was like coach like you have no idea how long like my big like you know my big brother the person who like showed me the ropes on in my my frat you know my big whatever um he he was he's the the athletic director his name is dez he's the second best player on our team he's really good you'll meet him if you come to see the game tomorrow um Spoiler alert. I did end up playing intramurals, but, um, <laughs> so I'm talking to my coach and I'm like, coach, like this means so much to me. Like basketball is like my first love. Like, I like, it's my outlet. I've been talking with my big about this for like a long time. I didn't play at all last year. I was refing. like, I, you know, Kappa lost in overtime by two points last year. You know, I, I want to beat Kai. I want to be the best basketball team on campus. You know? So he's like, Evan, I'm going to be honest with you if you came back this, this spring, looking like you did last year, you know, unathletic, you know, your knee was still an issue. I would say, go ahead, go play. And you'll almost lose hope with you, but you came back healthy. You came back in shape, ready to play. And you're looking really good on the field. I can't risk you getting hurt again. You already blew out your knee once playing basketball. If you hurt yourself again, you know, you could lose your scholarship. Like, like I can't do anything else for you. If you, if you sit another season, like, that's it. I, you know, there's only so much I can do. You've already taken a year off, basically. So I heard him. I was like, okay. <sighs> Told the guys, you know, I can't play. So I go to ref. So I was like, oh, ref, that's fine. Six of my teammates played for their respective frats. I'm lacing up. (laughs) I'm lacing up. Hey, two wrongs don't make a right, but does six wrongs make a left? I don't know. Probably. (laughs) I don't know what words just left my mouth, but I'm rocking with it. So I was like, yeah, I'm lacing up. So came out. Dude, warm-up was feeling saucy, bro. I hit like 10 straight sidesteps in warm-ups. Like, the refs were like, yo, this kid's cold. Come out there. Big, fat. I came off the bench because I didn't go to tryouts for this. I had practiced during tryouts, so the coach – you know, no one really knew how good I was with the exception of people I play pickup with. So the majority of it was people on other teams, Delta, Kai, Psy, you know, the other the other frats, they had seen me like, "Yo, know, this Evan guy's like, he's going to be an issue. And we had two guys on our team, my big Dez and this guy Tanner, who are both like certified buckets. So they're not really too worried about, you know, my team isn't like, oh, Evans, we need to have another mouth to feed type deal. It's just, oh, Evans good. We vouch for him, like put him on A-League. So my coach goes like, hey, the only reason you're on A team is because your teammates vouch for you. Don't go out there and stink it up, bro. I went like two for nine. I was it was pathetic. Came out there, uh, missed my first three. Took a second three, laced the second three. So I was feeling I like was one for two. I finished the game like two for seven from deep. It was it was our, our one for seven. I hit one three and that was it. It was atrocious. Stank it up.
0: Dang, I go- I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> I, I know that you're a better shooter than me, but I'm glad that me feeling good and being like oh, today's going to be a good day. And then not being that, I'm glad that's not just me today. <laughs>
1: so that being said, I had a bounce back game in game two. Game three was all right. My last game was against, it was the rematch of the, the championship. And it was still like the regular season game, but it was the last game of the championship, Kappa versus Kai. We knew this game was going to be close. We had beat every team by, the, we beat the freshman by like 30. We beat Delta by like 20. We beat Psy by 15. You know, we, we were feeling like, very confident coming into this game so we come out we play I come off the bench but very quickly realize you know my team realizes like uh we're gonna keep Evan in the game so I was locking up my matchup I had like five or six steals for like free fast break layups and then I hit a corner three I had like like 15 16 points but our highest score was Dez with 20 like Dez had 20 Tanner had like 18 I had 15 like the three of us combined for like 40 of our 53 points like we were we were like the three guys that game so had a big bounce back game in the clutch it was great but bro game on the line 30 seconds left i go to the free throw line for a one and one tell me about it smoke the first one given we they didn't score after that so we were fine we ended up winning by just inbounding the ball and running the clock out wasn't a big deal but um, I could have saved us like, <laughs> I could have saved us a long like six seven minutes of fouling and stuff. But um, tomorrow first game of playoffs, we're playing Delta and we're gonna smoke them. We're actually so confident. We're all wearing crop tops, so we're all, we all like, cut our t shirts off. I'm dead. <laughs> so we're wearing crop. T- come to that game. Come to that game.
0: Tomorrow's Sunday. Uh, I'll I'll see. Have, Sunday night. I have homegirl coming, so we'll uh, see. Bring her. <laughs> I might. We'll see. If she wants to go, I'll bring her. She she loves basketball. So
1: that's the basketball endeavors of Evan and Noah for intramurals.
0: Bro, I I hate one uh one and ones. I hate one and ones, bro. It's Last game eye. we we had like four or five in a row because our team we're not like the best shooters necessarily. We're not the best scorers, but we are a scrappy defensive rebounding team. Mm. And like four or five possessions in a row. We'd miss the first free throw, get the rebound, get fouled, put right back to the line for like four or five rebounds or four or five possessions in a row, and then finally we had this dude that played like D two that finally got got the rebound and got fouled and he knocked both of Is them it down. The little like, guy. You play time. with yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's nasty. Yeah, he's he he's super fundamental. He's super nice but he finally got fouled and he knocked down the two free throws. I was like, "Thank God." He doesn't bro. miss. Yeah, he, doesn't. he does. He doesn't. But miss. he 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 was one of them that missed his first free throw and he was sick about it. He <laughs> was
1: sick. I'd be tight too.
0: He, he he missed the first one too. We're down we're down by 1. And we only won by one point. There was hardly any time on the clock. And he missed his first one and this big dude our center, he's like 6-6. Uh he gets the rebound, gets fouled, does same thing. Misses the first free throw, we get the rebound. And then finally he redeems himself, hits the two free throws, and I'm like screaming from the sideline because they're not letting me get in the game for free throws again. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's not going to happen.
1: Two things before we move on. The first thing is I want to comment on that. Playing in a men's league, I've, I've played in quite a few. Um, having two, there's, there's two things that suck. And both i don't know which one sucks worse one is not having a big man at all and you have like a six one guy who's like oh i can play center no you can't you're going up against six seven guys you're not i don't care how strong you are i don't care how much you can jump you're not stopping a six seven guy you need at least six five six six to go guard your paint and the second <laughs> is having a big guy who's trash that is worse than i think that might be worse than having no big man because you put your faith in like oh if my guy gets past me, I've got a rim protector there. You're 6'6", and he looks athletic, and they're just not, they are just not—they just don't know how to block shots.
0: You, you don't have a choice but to put them down there. Right. You have to put right. them down. Like, where else are you going to put them? Not on the perimeter. Exactly. And Bro, they get I, worked. It's I, annoying. I, I hate it. It's I, annoying. And I was guarding all game. I was guarding this dude. He's a guard, but he's 6'5". Like, bro, I don't want to guard this dude. I'm 6' on a on a good day. Right. I call myself 6' all the time, but, like, it depends <laughs> With, on the shoes I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm guarding this 6'5", dude, and all I can rely on is poking the ball free and making him pass it out. Because yep. if he puts me in the post, it's over for me. I hate it. It's awful. But, uh, anyway, we're going to move on from basketball yes, before sir. we take up the whole time. Yes, sir. Just because I want to talk about the Grammys a little bit. Okay. And talk about... Well, not only the Grammys, but I want to talk about a little bit about like Christian influencers, I guess. Yes. So, at least what I've been seeing on TikTok is a lot of people are commenting on, A, Maverick City being on the Grammys, performing at the Grammys, and also winning uh, their Grammy for uh, Contemporary Christian uh, Artist of the Year or Album of the Year. I can't remember exactly what it was. And then also is Lecrae getting some slander just a little bit just because people are kind of saying that he's sold out or he's saying, like, people are saying that he uh, he sold out his faith for, like, fame pretty much. So how, what, what would you say as far as, like, notes? How do you take those things as far as Maverick City being in the limelight so big and Lecrae kind of getting dragged a little bit? Because I know where I stand, but I'm curious where you stand.
1: Okay, so you touched on it a little bit but a lot of people have been criticizing because of the other performances that went on there specifically, like some of the ones that involved like these demons and sat- satanic rituals and stuff. Um, and they were tr- kind of calling out Maverick city for knowing those were going to happen and continuing to attend and perform anyway. um, I don't think, no Mavericks didn't perform did they? They just, no they
0: they performed with uh with Quavo they did okay. the yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, oh, the tribute, tribute. Yeah, yeah the
1: tribute yeah so people were like you know why would you go and perform knowing that uh, all these is performances were gonna happen and there was quite a, a bit of Facebook drama you know back at home in Connecticut some of my Facebook friends were posting on it I didn't I didn't look too much into it but what I will say and and we touched on this in some conversations in the past off the podcast but you can't shine your light in the light like you need to shine your light in the darkness for it to be seen you know you don't you don't see you don't realize the lights on when it's daytime you know the light you need the light on when it's dark so going out there and performing and saying hey i can be a christian in a secular world and not be influenced by you know these negative things around me whether it be something as simple as maybe a, an artist who swears which you know is not the end of the world but you know something you shouldn't be completely indulging yourself in or something as extreme as satanic rituals and performances and people who have you know quote unquote sold their soul to get famous overnight type deal so i do not for one i do not think it's it was a big deal that Maverick City did go and did perform. I think if if anything it was them showing, you know, this is how you walk in the light.
0: Yeah, I kind of honestly I thought it was encouraging to see yes. people in the faith take the big stage. And even though the Grammys like we we are seeing the decline of their ratings and decline of viewership and stuff, it's cool to see people who follow the faith and are so strong in it. In my opinion, take the big stage and talk the way that they talk in front of not only the celebrities who may have never heard the good news, but also for everyone who's watching for them to spread the good news and just say like, like that people are loved and that they are saved by the blood of Jesus. And that if anyone's looking to find their way out of the darkness, that jesus is the way it's so cool to see people take that big stage and right. i think the same thing with lecrae uh he i think at one point he was kind of making secular music not necessarily in the way of like cursing and talking about drugs and sex and alcohol and stuff but he was just making music for a different audience and then he he kind of explained why he did it he kind of explained that he needed to build a platform to spread the good news and then recently he came out and said like He'd give up every dollar in his bank account or something along those lines, just like just to reach one more person. Like it's not about him being successful. It's not about his status. It's about reaching more for the kingdom.
1: I, I have had this conversation with friends and family back at home. The whole Lecrae situation, like back in the day when he was getting scrutinized for putting out secular music, um, and you. I mean he he nailed it perfectly and I I I agree wholeheartedly and there's uh, there are other arguments but I'm I am one you know I just touched on the same thing with Maverick City you can be a christian artist without putting out christian music and still save the lost and still plant a seed he st- he didn't hide his christian music he still he still like when you listen to some of his music you can still hear the Christian themes that are in there, like everything he puts out, like you said, isn't drugs, sex, alcohol, like, you know, that's not the themes of his music. So I agree wholeheartedly with, with what he's doing. And that's his ministry. That's his ministry. That's his testimony. I support it completely.
0: I think he almost, he referred to it almost as like a, like a mission trip where like, it's not necessarily him going out to, like, a third world third world country and saying, like, hey, I'm going to help all these people who need the help. Uh, physically, it's him saying, okay, I'm going to take this hiatus from my home church and take time making music with, like, Ty Dolla Sign, Right. Making a huge song with Ty Dolla Sign, with him talking about blessings and being worthy and stuff. Uh, just so that he could reach... A different a audience, a bigger audience, right? Right. And I think that's it's cool when artists who don't even claim Christianity but believe in Christianity do it because if anyone knows me, they know that I listen to almost exclusively rap music. I have albums on my wall. I have, uh, I have playlists made with hundreds of songs, are that are just rap music and they're not Christian at all as far as like the themes in the music. But a lot of the artists. Like Kendrick Lamar, like Jake Cole, even like Lil Baby and Drake. A lot of them have Christian values and Christian morals, but they don't rap about it. Right. And that's a ministry in itself is reaching people on the grand scale that like Drake will. Because Drake has songs that have billions of streams. Right. And some of them, they talk about God. You might not realize it, but they do. And it's super cool to see that ministry, even if it's not their intention to see how God works his way into those things, just to speak to people in their situation. I think that's dope.
1: Yeah. One person who you can see that as well is like chance, the rapper. Oh yeah. And there's, he even has some unreleased music. That's really good. He did a, um, oh, he did one with Daniel Caesar on, I, maybe it was the tonight show. It was a few years back and it was really, really good. I, I have to, I don't, he it was he never released a song, but I remember like going on YouTube for like six months straight and and going and finding that little song he performed with Daniel Caesar, um, and it was it was about like his testimony and like his walk with the Lord, and it was so so it was like two minutes long it was so good, um, but artists who are Christian, and you can hear the influence that the Lord puts on them whether they intend to or not i think chance is a little more intentional with his lyrics when it comes to that but i totally agree with what you're saying and and how the influence works on artists
0: yeah i i don't know I, i never listened to the music before like intentionally listening to hear who's talking about god and who's not necessarily but as i grow as i grow deeper with god and i grow my relationship I think he kind of just shows how he does it. Because, uh, for example, Lil Baby does a song with uh, Kirk Franklin. Yeah. And if you listen to what he's saying, it's not necessarily him explicitly saying, like, I love God, God loves me, I'm forgiven. But you could hear how he's talking about what God is for him. And same thing with, like, Drake has in a couple of his. Kendrick talks about it a lot. He's, he's just not, like, he's not filtered about it. He doesn't say, like, he doesn't put on his suit of Christianity and say, "Hey, this is how I'm going to articulate myself today." No, he just raps. He says he says it in the most real way as he can. And I think that's dope. I think it's cool to kind of just be raw about it and be like, "Hey, I have a personal relationship and regardless of how you feel and how you judge me, me and God are good." Because that's how I value kind of my relationship with God. I'm like, "Hey, if I don't go to church on Sunday and people are like, "Man, why aren't you at church?" like church is just like a a place for me to go on Sunday, but if I have a relationship with God and God has convicted me and like I have a personal life as far as me reaching people, like I'm still doing my part in Christianity. Now, there's a lot of you don't want to get complacent in that and say that like alright, I'm not gonna go to church no more. But there's beauty in the fact that God will use you in your in your moment, regardless of if you're intentional about being christian or not
1: i think this is a great segue point because I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna have to disagree with you on the one of the last things you said um this is a perfect segue point in fellowship um i think church is important not from the aspect of worship not from the aspect of the sermon but from the aspect of community and specifically Christian community um, which is not it, it is something you can find outside of church but it's much harder in this day and age to find it outside of church it's a little bit easier in Oklahoma than it is in Connecticut but, but um, finding healthy Christian influence and I don't want to use the word Christian council but that's what it is I use my Christian community to talk about the word to talk about topics that are hard that I need um, other perspectives from and I can be unfiltered with them where I can't be with some other friends because I know they're not looking at it from a posture of oh he said this that's exactly what he means they're looking at it from a heart posture where it's um, he's approaching me because this is how he sees it. He wants to hear my perspective and how I see Jesus through this. And that's something that you can't find easily outside of church. That's why I push for like young adult groups, for youth groups to find community with like-minded believers who you can bounce ideas off of who you can, when you're struggling in sin, go to and talk to like we as humans were, were literally created for community Adam had Eve Eve was made to be Adam's community without community we are lacking something fundamentally
0: I, get, I could definitely see that and I guess for me my community has kind of been built on something that wasn't church so I happen to find those people to be Christians because I don't know if you know this but when we met in ReCharge I wasn't even going to church on Sundays. I was just serving at recharge because I felt obligated to be there. So when we met, I wasn't, it's not that I wasn't Christian. I still believed, but I wasn't following in the sense of going to church every Sunday. And same thing with, I have a lot of Christian friends like DJ and Lou that we, we've met over time through the church, but it wasn't in the context of church. So, that's why I kind of say that, like, if I'm outside the church, that doesn't mean I'm not Christian and I don't believe and I'm not convicted. But I do think it's very important that the community around you, like, you're yoked to them, if that makes sense. So, you guys have the same values. You guys uh, are seeking the same thing. Because if you guys are – if one of you is seeking, like, a full-time basketball career and the other is seeking, like, going to school – you guys can be friends, but ultimately your paths are going to slowly drift apart.
1: Shout out, DJ, pursuing a full-time basketball career.
0: <laughs> Shout out the uh, the example. But slowly your your paths are going to drift apart. And it's not that you guys aren't friends, and it's not that you guys don't have that connection, but it's rather that your guys's paths are just so polar opposite. Not opposite, but they're just in different directions. And that's okay. And that's why, that's the only reason why I say that church is not necessarily a definitive point that like, if you're Christian, you have to be at church because Lecrae did it. Lecrae separated from his church to say, my ministry is over here and I will return, but I have to take care of my mission.
1: Yeah. I, I like, I like the direction. I like the direction you pointed your conversation towards the end. And it really, I wasn't on board until you got to that, that point, but and, and we've kind of, it's been a theme of this episode, I guess, is um, your mission field is not in your comfort zone. Your, your mission field is not supposed to be in your church. Your mission field is supposed to be out and, you know, where God called you to be, whether if you're, you know, if you're Lecrae, maybe that's music, and if you're DJ, maybe that's basketball and if you're evan maybe it's ultimate frisbee right whatever that may be your little your niche where you can be a light in somewhere there isn't too much light um that's your mission field that being said i do think and this is where the community aspect comes in you need people to bring you back in sometimes because you're constantly pouring out you're constantly pouring out into other people into your mission field if you will who's going to pour back into you. And that's where church and your Christian community can pour back into you and encourage you. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, other people can't do that, but it's, it's not the same feeling that you get when people can reassure you and you can bounce off struggles and trials because missions are never easy. Mission fields are never easy. There is always misery in your mission.
0: Yeah. I, d- I definitely think that like, you're, you're definitely hitting on the head as far as like you have to be in the same ballpark to play the same game so like if i'm asking advice as a christian to someone who just doesn't understand the context of my situation then their answer might not line up with the direction i'm moving in but if i ask someone whose direction is the same as mine because they're also christian the destination is heaven and eternal life they'll understand the context of Where I'm at, not necessarily exactly like what I'm going through, but they'll understand where I'm trying to get to so they can relate to it. And that goes for even if you're not Christian, like the ballpark has to be the same, the goal has to be the same, the destination has to be the same. Because if someone who's not Christian and their goal is, like I said, to make the NBA, and someone else's goal uh, is to, I don't know, be a cashier at McDonald's for 40 years and retire, like their advice like the the direction of their advice are so different that if you look for advice as someone who's trying to go to the nba from someone who is a cashier at mcdonald's like you're not going to get the advice that you need to push forward necessarily and it's not to say that let me rephrase it's not to say that they can't give you advice at all it's just to say that they don't understand your context so the context of where you're at is not is foreign to them and same thing vice versa
1: I'm processing. Um, I don't disagree. I'm just trying to think of how I can reflect on that. Um, and what I'll say is your, you don't need to be as plugged in with your Christian community, maybe as, as much as I'm coming off of. And I mean, this, like, uh, the example I'll give is I have, I have a group chat called the fruit ninjas shout out to you guys. Um, I hope you guys will be listening to this. I know some of you guys said you were already. So shout out to you guys. Um, that is my Christian community. It is a group of young adults from back at home, some of which who I've grown up with, um, homeschooled with, growing up, and some of with some of which who I've met in the you know the past couple of years. All of which who are Christians, whether they've grown up in the church or have been uh, converted from atheism over to Christianity, or who are just new Christians, or who fell away from their faith and came back. You know, you know there's quite a, a diverse group of people in here. Um, they are people who I go with. For all of my questions, Bible questions, life questions, you know, whether it's in the group chat or on the side, like um, one of my guys, Henley. I love hitting him up for for theological questions. I'll text him. I don't know where. Shout out to you, Henley. Like, but he'll get a text from me. Not not super frequently, but you know, once every few months. Hey, I got a question? Here's my scripture. Dive in with me. And he's like, Oh, yes, awesome. And we'll go into it. Um, or just general questions, and. Um, sometimes I come in with a predisposition of a mindset, maybe because of a poor source or just because I wasn't, uh, giving it the optimism that I should have, and they will be able to throw their perspective at me in a Christ like manner, because no matter how differing our opinion is, one thing that our whole group can always point to is Jesus is the Bible and is our core belief system of you know xyz i'm not gonna go into we all know what it is but knowing that their responses come from the heart and come from a place that points to him gives me perspective like oh you know what maybe i was being a little biased towards this wow that's really insightful being able to uh agree to disagree sometimes however with the with the backbone of Yeah, we disagree on maybe the arms and the legs, but the rest of our body is still in line because we have the same mindset. That was a really poor analogy. (laughs) No,
0: I I thought it was pretty good. It's just saying that, uh, for example, a lot of Christians, they they go back and forth. I don't want to say back and forth. They go like yes and no. For the idea of alcohol, right? Right. So at the end of the day, we all agree that like drunkardness is a sin. It lays it out black and white in the Bible. Yes. However, when it comes to socially drinking and stuff like that, the Bible is very gray on that topic because it just doesn't talk about it, right? Yep. So there's Christians who think that when it talks about drunkardness, it means that you shouldn't be pursuing that in any way, in any intention, so drinking is a no. And there's Christians that say, well, God didn't explicitly say that people drink wine in the Bible for celebrations, stuff like that. So alcohol is a yes in moderation. So that is your your arms and legs not being aligned, but the body being aligned. Right. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's. Thank you for saving me on that because I was I felt like at the end of my point there I was kinda drowning and I didn't know where I was going. And you just you just threw me a life preserver. It was great. That was that no, was I, fantastic. I was
0: I was tracking the whole time. I knew exactly where you were going.
1: Yeah, no, that's no, you you hit the head like so, so perfectly on that. You know who just my phone just buzzed? Guess who just snapped me. Home girl? Coffee girl.
0: Tell me about it. What's going on?
1: Uh I apologize for switching topics real quick, but let's see. Hold on. Let's see what she said. Let's see what coffee girl said. Thank you. (laughs) She's responding to what I said. Um, So I saw coffee girl for our coffee date last Sunday. So that will be a week ago. And it was about two hours. It went well. I had to leave early because a, we closed the coffee shop down (laughs) And B, I had practice. So I had to leave a little bit early. Um, conversation was all right. Um, I left wanting more. And I asked her if she wanted to go see Ant Man this weekend. So, you know, a week from then. And she said she would enjoy that. So we have plans to go see Ant Man tomorrow. That is this coming Sunday. So today is Saturday. We're filming this. Um, I hope that goes well. I did. We've been texting back and forth throughout the week, and yesterday I went and dropped her off some coffee at her work, and we we chatted for about 30 minutes, and uh, she apologized for her schedule being so chaotic, um, but it's nice taking things slow. It's the first time in a while that uh, a relationship hasn't just like blossomed into it, and not that I have to work for it. Because I know she's definitely going to listen to this. I have to be careful with my words here. <laughs> but um, I would say it's it's nice knowing that, like, we have space between our hangouts. So I've seen her twice. And we've been talking for, like, about not quite – clo- approaching two weeks. Tomorrow will be two weeks, I think. Speaking of, the over just hit. I
0: was going to say, if, if tomorrow comes – uh, the over hits, which means I lost for sure. I lost my bet, but it's okay.
1: I mean, assuming she doesn't stand me up. The <laughs> open. I was gonna say that <laughs>
0: if if she cancels on you, I'm I'm not I'm not letting go of my bet until I get confirmation. That's all I'm saying. I'm. Um, <laughs> you're nasty, bro. <laughs> you're supposed to be rooting for me. I am rooting for you. I, I do want the best for you. I'm just saying that as far as my bet, and I don't want to say I'm a betting man. I'm a betting man, so i <laughs> so when it comes to my bets, if I'm gonna if I have a chance to win my bets, I'm gonna win my bets, you know. But I am hoping the best for you. I do hope that it uh, that it keeps blossoming slowly, right? Um, and I think that that's the that's the successful formula to have a successful relationship. Yeah,
1: it's a good change of pace. Uh, and I, well, let me clear up this betting thing. I will say, the over will hit if the date goes well. If the date does not go well, the under will hit. That's that's what I'll say because okay, we'll that, that's what we'll say. Okay. Regardless, let me keep going on that and get away from the betting aspect because uh, she's, you know, we're objectifying. <laughs> 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 um, but that being said, um, I'm enjoying the slow pace because I'm getting to know her. And I, I say slow pace meaning we're not hanging out. We're in close proximity. She doesn't, you know, my college and her college are – six minutes away from each other. Um, Just with our schedules being busy, it's not allowing us to uh, get to know each other on, you know, an in-person level. But that being said, we do text pretty consistently on a daily basis. Um, And we've been able to talk about some things like we talked about last episode, boundaries, expectations, yada, yada, yada. Um, So that's been nice getting those out of the way And knowing our expectations are aligned and we both know that the the path this is taking is towards a relationship but we both aren't forcing it and we're just kind of letting it happen and i don't want to say if it happens it happens because we both are like nodding towards it but we're not forcing it we're letting it come casually and um you know i'm enjoying not having to worry about it does that make sense
0: yeah yeah so so like kind of alluding towards balance, cause that's kind of what you're beating around.
1: And if you're listening to this and you're back home uh, at, at Crossroads youth group at CSM, this is for you. You guys know who you are. I went around my youth group, like a, a, the students, the high schoolers and asked them this question. And I said, how soon is too soon to start a Bible study, a one-on-one Bible study? with your significant other slash girlfriend. And the results I got were overwhelmingly scattered. One half I, I would say the overwhelming majority given of the students, the overwhelming majority of the students all and this this actually was like encouraging to me, all said, Oh, we should we should start a Bible study like like towards the beginning, pretty soon. Like like Jesus should be in the center and you know that needs to be the strive goal. And if we can do Bible study together, then, then, you know, that's us keeping Jesus in the center, correct? And yes, but I am actually on, on like, the far opposite spectrum. And I, I talked to my youth pastor about this and some of the other uh, young adults, and they all agree with me. I think doing a Bible study with, with a significant other is a gigantic step. The amount of, you know, how intimate a one-on-one Bible study is to plan time out of your week to be vulnerable with your sin, not to say you should hide your sin. You should not hide your sin. Um, but to be to be that open and vulnerable with each other and to go to God together and to pray like like pray together and, and to have that time and a dive in, I think that is extremely intimate. And that is not something to be taken lightly. Like for me to start a Bible study with a girl and then it goes south, that would be heartbreaking for me. Like that would that would shatter me.
0: And I I feel like you almost just threw me a lob, but um, I think that young people think that you should start it in the beginning because they haven't been hurt. And I think that you should start it in the beginning. And the reason why we don't is because we fear getting hurt again. So, as far as, especially young adults, we're very fresh and a lot of us, A lot of people turn to christ because of their heartbreak so in that they meet people that they want to continue life with but they struggle to be vulnerable however the bible calls us to be vulnerable not only with the people close to us but with everyone be vulnerable be an open book put everything out in the light so i think that starting a bible study one-on-one uh it's productive to both people and yes it's very intimate Yes, it leaves you open to get hurt. But also, where in the Bible does it say that anything will be easy and anything will be comfortable. Mm. Nowhere.
1: Stepping yeah. on my toes right now. I like it. <laughs> Stepping
0: on my toes. And right that, now. That's, that's the cool thing to it's actually super cool that you said that because uh, I find that a lot with younger like Christians who truly believe and have surrendered. They are so pure and so... Uh, I don't want to say inexperienced because that's not the word I want to say, but life hasn't smacked them.
1: Ignorance is bliss type deal.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, like, they don't know how it feels to be cheated on with someone who is a Christian and you walked with them through, (laughs) like, hard times and turned to God with them, prayed with them. Like, they don't know what that feels like. Sheesh. (laughs) Call me out. (laughs) So it's, it's easy for them to say, absolutely I'll do a one-on-one Bible study with my significant other. I don't care if we're two weeks in, we'll do a one-on-one Bible study. But me and you, we might be hesitant because, okay, I did this before and homegirl still, homegirl still did me dirty. And that's on us as humans being like, I'm going to put that barrier up. However, the Bible does not call us to do that. So I think the correct answer is that, one-on-one Bible study should come before you're even in a a relationship. Like that should be a friendship level thing of like, Hey, you want to walk with me in Christ? Mm. Hey, you want to do this Bible study with me? Mm. But we put that barrier up as humans. And we're like, I got to get to know you and see your intentions before I do Bible studies with you.
1: Noah's in his bag right now. (laughs) Noah's in his bag right
0: now. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to, to be like, you're wrong. I'm saying that to say we're wrong. Because I'm the same way. I'm like, nah. I gotta figure out where you're at. But it's also like, what are we planning for? Are we planning to fail? or Are we planning to succeed? wow?
1: Wow. Jeez, I'll man, that was crazy. <laughs> that was that right there.
0: I actually have a note on it. It says, uh, "Why are we scared to invest and lose and lose on our investment in Christianity?"
1: Wow. That's my note. You know, that's crazy because I, I sometimes, when I talk about relationships, I, I see it as an investment. And people are like, Evan, why do you – I was talking with uh, two of my very close friends, um, Garrett Houston and Marina Houston. They're, they are married. They, they took the fast track and got married very quickly, like two months they were engaged type type quickly. But um, I, I go to them for, for, for counsel for relationships sometimes because they're actually in a very healthy marriage and they've been in it for over a year now. Um, but he's also just one of my closest friends. So I was asking I was asking Garrett. Um, he was telling me, because he listened to our podcast, he was telling me, Evan, you know, I think you do invest too early. Like, you do too much, you are too nice. Because this, you know, this girl, these girls don't invest in you and you're showing them you know you're showing your cards too early and you're scaring them away i see i see relationships and this is going to sound really bad but like i think the overall gist you'll get i see relationships and i might end up just cutting this out but we'll see what happens how this goes (laughs) um i see relationships almost as like an investment with like stock markets so i put i'm investing early i'm investing early when it's when it's low when it's nothing and if it blossoms that investment was worth it and there are times where it'll crash, and you know you'll have to cut your losses. And that happens in life. And now I'm not, in, now I'm not saying you should just go out and date and invest in nothing. That's not what I'm saying. You invest when there's potential,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes potential doesn't doesn't pan out.
0: Well, you have to do your you have to do your homework. Right. Right. So right. Like, uh, I like your analogy. And you and you preface it by saying like obviously it's not the same, but when you're young, well you're 22, I'm 23, right? Right. So now is the time to be risky, and that's not only in relationships, that's in everything. Like this podcast by itself is a risk. Making clothing surrounding this podcast and then trying to sell it, or even just buying it, just to just as an advertisement is a risk. Buying a website domain is a risk. However there's gain to that there's risk to risk to reward so like the reward is i could win even a single person for christ right and the risk of loss is money right but right. money doesn't matter at the end of the day right and that's why i've invested probably thousands of dollars into into this idea and it's the same thing with relationships where <clears throat> i think that showing your hand isn't necessarily a bad thing showing that this is who you're going to be isn't a bad thing because honestly scaring away the week is the best thing for you
1: i'm i'm so happy you said that because i was literally just about to touch on it i was going to say there's the the only time i've ever felt satisfied coming out of like a talking phase like not a relationship but like you you see potential in in your chat with somebody you know you're texting for a week you're snapping for whatever whatever you know you may be um the most, and the most, what's the word I want to use here? Um, it's not happy, but like fulfilled mm-hmm. is when they come to me honestly and say, our expectations, our beliefs don't align, our timelines don't align. And, you know, honestly, you may be more ready than I am right now. And for that reason, like I'm out type deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of myself. That's the word. I'm so proud of myself for, like I said, being open and saying, hey, my end goal with this is marriage. And in the beginning, like, like I'm talking like early to where the point where some girls it's going to scare off. Other girls are going to be like, that's just what I wanted to hear. And, and people will tell me, Evan, you're not looking for the right, you know, the girls that are telling you that aren't the right girls. And obviously I'm not going out hunting for bad girls. I'm not hunting for girls at all. Whatever falls in my lap falls in my lap shout out coffee girl fell into my lap
0: <laughs>
1: um but no i i think i think you put it perfectly
0: yeah and i think that also you have to look at <laughs> i'm gonna kind of convict you a little bit but it's cool uh you have to look at what you're hunting for right so no part of us should be hunting for a wife and i'm going to explain myself uh hunting for a wife is an old testament thing Mm. And Jesus came and died so that we don't have to live by the Old Testament ways. Right. So we are not hunting for a wife. We're hunting for Christ. Mm. And Christ brings your wife. Mm. So as long as you align yourself as closely to Christ as you can, your wife will come regardless. Your partner will come regardless. So the more you hunt, the more you seek for something that's not Christ, the more you will fall flat on your face because God designed it that way. God designed it for you to fall over and over and over again, and you will fall right into his arms and then he'll put you on your feet and he'll let you decide where you're going to go. So if you decide, okay, I'm going to go after another girl, he'll let you walk right up those stairs and fall flat in your face and then pick you up, put you on your feet and ask you to do it again.
1: (sighs) You're making me sound really like you're, uh, you're spitting right now. And I'm, I'm like the positions I'm taking, you're just making me look like a poor Christian right now. I feel no, like a really this, poor Christian this, right now. This is the walk
0: that we. This is the walk that we have to take. This is and that community with, with and I'll tie it back perfectly. This is what community is. Community is listening to you talk to me and say, "Man, this is what I'm dealing with with Christian or with uh with relationships and trying to stay Christian and trying to keep my intentions secure." This is what I'm dealing with, and I wonder how you deal with it. And then I sit here, I formulate a little bit, and then I tell you exactly how I feel, and you sit there and be like, man, I can't even believe that I thought that way.
1: (laughs) And one thing I will say is, is, and this is, I'm not gonna speak for everyone here, but I will speak in my life specifically. These conversations don't have the same result as my conversations with secular people when we disagree. It's more of an argument than a conversation and this is a conversation to where i've disagreed with you almost this whole episode i would say on on certain things and we always somehow manage to segue to common ground
0: yeah and i i think that i think that part of it even if you are secular right i think that part of it is uh the intention and we we kind of talked about in the beginning or middle somewhere around there but uh it's all about intention and where you're at so that heart if posture it's all about that heart yeah. posture so if you're secular and you're talking to someone who's Christian uh, they might relate to you a lot but the fact that your guys' directions are so different causes the argument because their values aren't your values and your values don't match up with what they value as far as if they're a Christian they value Christ and they env- they value uh, the commandments and they value a relationship connection and you might value money and status which is cool if that's you that's you right? but their perspective is way different from your perspective and as soon as you're like man I'm dealing with this relationship problem I'm trying to get married I want to have kids I want to flourish I want to expand the kingdom as we say as Christians right and me putting myself in a position of like wanting status and money because that's who I used to be I'd be like bro why are you chasing that when you can be working you can be making money you could be building yourself up Like, why do you care so much about that? And that will spark argument. That will say, The conviction sparks argument. Yeah. And and if your art isn't in the right place and you receive conviction, you're just going to be like, nah, now you're attacking me. Now I got to defend myself. And then you guys start going back and forth. And then it's really not productive. So once again, we kind of find ourselves talking about, like, where's your community lie? Like, is your community really for you in the sense of, like, are they trying to build you up? Or are they trying to be right? Are they trying to be your savior? Or are they trying to make you find your
1: here's, savior? Here's what it is. That wow, that was a word. First of all, Here, here's what it is: is are they trying to tell you what you need to hear? Well, let me scrap that. Are they trying to tell you what Jesus is saying, or are they trying to tell you what you want to hear? And, and you touched yeah. on it. Do you want to be right, or do you want to be in God's eyes? I
0: I think that's oh man, that's like you said, that's a word in itself. Is like, like are are you trying to be? And that that goes for Christians a lot too, because we we worry We're to this yes man. We are. Yeah. We're to this yes man. But not man. only that, we also find ourselves being some of the most judgmental people on the face of the planet. One bro. So like we'll I we'll talked look, about this earlier before yeah, the yeah. podcast.
1: I was judging so hard on, on a certain topic that we may touch on next week.
0: Well we we find ourselves so much, right? We 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 look in someone's situation and we'll be like, Man, I would never you give me that situation a hundred times and a hundred times I pick a different different solution. However, like we're we're not at all supposed to do that. But we're so obsessed with being right and wanting to know what god would want for us so bad that we don't even ask god what god wants so like god might want them to walk directly in the path that they're on but we're sitting there saying like you know what you need to do you need to lead a small group instead
1: Mm. it's one of my biggest flaws as a christian is my judgment is how i judge people and even how i judge myself like i'm so hard on myself and in turn I, i tend to be hard on other people um judgment like in and, and this is crazy church is where you like as a cr- growing up in the church church is where I learned to judge other people and it's it's horrible it's and it's almost like and oh, it's gonna sound so bad uh, I'm gonna say because it it's like on my heart let's say
0: say it anyway uh,
1: I feel like there's uh, I don't want to use the, this and this think it's gonna sound horrible the term like really devote like, really devote Christians who are, like, really on fire, they they get judged by the not-on-fire Christians because they're like, oh, their faith is fake. Their worship is fake. Their passion is fake.
0: Well, I can't tell you how many times, like, I've, I've talked to pastors. I've talked to people who have been around the church for a long time saying that I'm going to start this podcast, and we're going to talk about how we live in a very modern world we live in a very like we we live in a world that's so obsessed with everything that's not Christ and I want to tie Christ into it and I've talked to so many people about it and they might not directly say that they don't believe in it but you can just tell by their words that they don't believe in it and I think that just ties with your point of just like those people who have been around that aren't on fire they look at what Christians who are on fire, they they look at what they're doing and they say, "That's not gonna work."
1: They're jealous. They're jealous, honestly, and that's a sin in itself. That's a sin in itself. Why can I not be on fire for Christ like that? And you know, honestly, I don't even think that's like that's the worst sin out there. Given no sin is greater than other sin. That is that's that's a word in itself. That's a whole episode in itself. But um, uh, you know, not. I've been in, I've been in those shoes before. I will not lie to where I where I've looked at, and I, I'm I'm ashamed to to say it. But like like looking back on it, I've definitely sat in the sanctuary and looked at a person and been like, I know what they do outside of church. That person doesn't mean it. And like looking back on it, like that's that's not the heart posture I should be having. It's this person's in here for a reason. This person is here because Jesus washes away the sin of everybody.
0: And I've told you before, I'd rather have I'd rather have someone in my church in my small group that is telling me their testimony with curses and everything raw. I'd rather them tell me everything who doesn't believe in Christ and is finding their way to it than someone who believes in Christ trying to articulate their life to me. Hmm. because as far as I'm concerned, I don't need to know what you think is acceptable for me to hear. I need to hear the people who are struggling that are going to give me their story raw, and are looking for a change. Mm. And a lot of Christians now—they're not looking for change. Mm-mm. They're looking to go to church on Sunday. They're looking to leave out those doors the moment ser- the sermon's over. It's go routine. Home and do exactly what they do every. It's week.
1: not intentional. And okay, this is a word, and I, I don't know I don't remember if I, I don't remember if I said it last podcast, it may have been off the air, but and and if you guys follow me on social media, like specifically on Snapchat, um, I have like a, a a a it's called my daily dose of Jesus, and um, I post it quite frequently, you know, once every few months maybe, um, and it and it's it's you know, two sentences or one sentence actually one sentence. Don't let your knowledge of God be greater than your intimacy with him. I'm going to say it again. Don't let your knowledge of God be greater than your intimacy with him. And that's that's something where it's like you've been a lifelong Christian. And I've, I've definitely been in these shoes before because the first time I heard it, I, it hit me like a train. And I was like, whoa, I go to a Christian Bible college where... My knowledge of Christ is vast, but my relationship with him is in very shallow waters right now. And there was a major adjusting period I had to take, you know, last year. It was it was right before I got baptized where I had like a, it was last July. I got baptized and I had a real, uh, like, I don't want to say awakening, but like conviction where I was like, oh my goodness, I am a judgmental, shallow christian
0: and it, it kind of brings me to what i want to talk about next week honestly because i was just sitting here thinking while you were talking and just just processing i guess everything that we just talked about as far as i'll just say the church environment and i think next week i want to talk about the difference between people who find christ and people who are born and raised in it. Oh, that's gonna be awesome! I can't wait for that. Because I think that we bring two unique perspectives, but we also bring two unique ways that we fall down. So I think that that's, I think that's a super cool thing that I want to talk about next week because I think that we're running over time. But there's so much, there's so much to that.
1: So two things before we wrap up here, I want to go off of to end on a lighthearted note. Uh, we need an over under. So, my over under for Noah this week. When's your next basketball game?
0: My next basketball game's on Thursday.
1: Over under eleven and a half points. <laughs> did I just do you dirty with that line?
0: <laughs> no, you did me so generous. <laughs> <laughs> you did me so generous.
1: I'm a a firm believer I'm taking the over. I I got you. I got you.
0: Dang, I I appreciate that. I really do. And I'm going to agree with you on that. I don't think anyone else is going to agree with us, but I'm going the over. I have a lot of faith in myself for Thursday, but I think a lot of people after the story in the beginning of this episode are going to say the under, and I don't blame them.
1: (laughs) if you're a basketball player you know two sides of the story both working with Noah won 11 and a half points you're like man you did that boy dirty he's in the bar
0: that low Sam's so streaky that like it's either it's either it's gonna be a really good day and I'm gonna hit the line or it's gonna be a really bad day and it's not even gonna be close right
1: right all right you got a line for me
0: oh man I, I don't really have a line for you we can, you do, know we can what? do points. I have an over under, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll do over under rating of Ant Man, since you're about to watch Ant Man. Ooh. So I'm going to say over under
1: uh, 6.5. That's low. You're now. Na- I mean, I know Phase 4 movies have been rough, but that's tough. Are we talking. Okay. Are we talking Marvel out of 10? Are we talking in general? Out of uh, 10? I'll say
0: Marvel out of 10, because I already know in general out of 10, people are rating it like a 4.
1: So you're taking the under,
0: yeah. So I'm taking the under on it. I think that blind going into it, I think it's gonna be a six.
1: Okay, I have high hopes, and I'm hoping this movie isn't where it's just like completely spoiled by the trailer and all the good scenes are in the the 90 seconds they showed us.
0: Bro, I did stop watching the trailers. <laughs>
1: Bro, I'm I'm gonna, I have, I might lose hope. I think we're spoiled as a fan base as Marvel, but that's for another day. We'll talk about that next week. Um, I'm taking the over and that's okay. uh, that's it for me okay i like that
0: <laughs> all right i appreciate everyone that has listened last week listened this week uh i appreciate the support uh the feedback please continue with it uh this has been noah and evan minus bailey because he wanted to leave us uh and i appreciate y'all uh we're kicking the shoes off putting our slides on and we're out